This is the What's Next Podcast, Houston's number one platform where I invite creators to share their journeys and give us a depiction of their visions. Most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next? Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. Welcome back to episode number 61 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary Inc. In lieu of social distancing, we've got to continue the podcast in this fashion. Do I prefer to be with my guests and look them in the eyes? You know, build off of their energy? I do, but we got to be safe. We got to be Sure, we got to stay at home and do our parts. Um, good morning. Good morning. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, last night, Demaria dropped. My mom said to me. Last night, Demaria dropped her Chop, Star, Chop Stars man. version of Boss You Up. Man. And listen, Houston, Texas, let me lower this a little bit right quick. Houston, Texas, if you know any creative musician or anything like that, then wants to get their records and want to get their records put out or played on a platform. You already know what time it is. Let's get it. Houston, Texas, man. You know what I came to do. You know what I came to do. Let's go. Huh? Yeah. We're going to get on with the podcast in a few, man. Good morning. It's a Saturday. A lot to celebrate. Pay me what you owe me. I won't show up for free. I only come for money. If you own it, then let me know. If you want to show us in my fever phone, I got what they Here we Hello. go. Good morning. Morning. How are you doing? <laughs> Pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, man. Welcome back to episode number 61 of the What's Next podcast, a production of Still Visionary, Inc. I wanted to introduce the podcast formally now that you're on. All righty. Um, man, you know... uh. Before we get started with the episode, let's introduce our social media handles so we don't disrupt the flow of the conversation when we get to that point. You can go. Go ahead. Okay. Hello. You on my uh, Instagram, yeah. JR? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So Give it yeah. all to me. Okay, yeah. I'm at uh, Instagram. I'm at Lacey Chizano. Um, last name T E Z I N O, and um, well, my projects are under uh, Passport Journeys on Instagram. So at Passport Journeys. Okay. Okay, and uh, my name is John Ross Dyke the first, and you can follow me on Instagram and on Twitter at John Ross Dyke and still underscore Visionary. If you would connect with me on LinkedIn, subscribe to my YouTube channel, like my fan page on Facebook, and visit my website. It's still Visionary. Dot com. That's S-T-I-L-L-V-I-S-I-O-N-A-R-Y dot com. Directly in front of you, Lacey, you can't see this. And trust me, I prefer to be in the comforts of your crib to get your aura for us to do this podcast. But due to social distancing, I want to make sure that we're both as safe as possible. But in front of me, I have all my paraphernalia and you can shop stillvisionary.com slash apparel. How are you? Very good. Okay. And you're chasing these kids around the house. 
<laughs> I know what that's like. You know what? But I think it's important as a creative to be uh, caught in that in that aspect too, because um, you know that doesn't disappear. You can't tuck them away and 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 go and be creative. You got to continue. You got to push through. Yeah, I was just talking to a friend who called this morning. She said, oh, my gosh, I bet you're going insane, you know, at home working every day with the kids. And I say, you know what, what really keeps me sane is being able to work on side creative projects, right? So mm-hmm. otherwise, you just feel like you're just a parent or you're just, you know, playing blocks and sandcastles all day. But when you have your own creative projects going on, that's where you get fueled and energized. And that's where you still feel like, you have some, you know, of your personal goals and stuff going. So um, that's been that's been good for me. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what? I, I will say this. I can attest to this that, uh, you know, your Instagram shows exactly that. You know, everything that you do personally, creatively, you know, professionally is all on your Instagram. And I love and draw inspiration from your Instagram. Thank you. No doubt. Listen, Houston, Texas, man, Um, you know, I got to introduce this lady a little more formally. Um, Lacey and I, we knew each other in college. Um, She went to Sam. I went to U of H. But we also travel. And for everybody who understands that terminology, she's an Eastern star. I'm a a member of the ancient and free and accepted masonry entitled uh, Kings of Israel number 19. But more formally, if you look at her Instagram page at Lacey.com, T- say your last name again, Lacey. Tizano is it Tizano? It's Tizano. Tizano. So the I where the E is, and the and the E where the I is. Right. I think that's how Darren's told me to pronounce it. <laughs> I said, I said. So where the where the E is, it's an I right there, and where the I is, it's an E right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, Houston, Texas, um. This woman right here, her husband actually catapulted me into this lane that I'm currently in, man. And, you know, for you and your husband, I have the utmost respect and gratification for. I love you all dearly. And I want to let it be known that uh, you were the you were actually were the first person who launched my professional career in producing. So, um, you know, when I was looking at, on Instagram the other day and I saw that you had dropped your project, which we'll talk about, I was like, listen, if I can bump everybody down and get Lacey to be on this next episode, that's what I'm going to do. And so that's why I called you the other day and was like, hey, can you get on the podcast? Because we just got to talk. Yeah, you know, I, I appreciate that. We we definitely, uh, Darren and I have both felt the love for from you, um, you know, from the minute we asked you to help with our wedding video, you know, uh, Darren's got amazing vibes from you and really respected and appreciated you as a brother, you know, and just, um, how respectful you are, you know? And so our family has appreciated you. We'll support you and, uh, you know, we'll follow and, uh, stay in tune with everything you do. I appreciate it. You know that they snatched that video down off of YouTube because the, uh, we use the, the music too long. <laughs> You said we we did what? We used their music. They took it down? They took the video. Well, they censored it because we didn't have rights to the music. They took it off of Instagram like recently, though. It was up there for years. I was like, why are y'all just now taking it down? Mm. Yeah, well, I I was, um, when I had it on the old website, I was looking at uh, the service tab and I put it up there just so that I could probably generate some more business. And um, they snatched it. They said this content um, is unavailable, and I knew it was because of the music. Because not only did we do one song, but we did a couple on that on that uh, promo on that uh, video. Hello. I missed just that last part, Jr. Sorry, it's a little bit hard to hear you on here, but I'm, I'm here. No doubt, no doubt. Uh, I was just saying that they snatched the video. Uh, after I put it on my old website, they snatched it down because of the uh, rights of the music. We didn't have the rights of the music, so they took it down. Yeah, wow. I don't even know what triggers them to scrub those things, but I guess we're going to have to make sure that any content we do moving forward, we pull some of those videos off of those, you know, already approved Mm -hmm. tools and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yo, so uh, listen, we I want to dive right into it because I think that um, in lieu of what you're doing right now, it was actually uh, an idea that I had in my own journey to implement, right? So I want to get your insight on it. But before we get there, man, I, I think it's important for people to understand what they're diving into and what they're listening to, right? So uh, on this podcast, I went ahead and, and moved this segment of the podcast up so that people could get what it is that they're looking to get from this conversation. And so where I'll go with it from there is what should people take um, from your journey, from who you are and uh, this present moment and this conversation, what should people take? You know, what should people take from this conversation? Yeah. I'm interested to find that I out. I think, yeah, I think um, for me, um, what I, I like to spread and what I like to, you know, just stand behind is that, no matter what you have going on, you know, professionally, whether you're in love with your career, whether you hate your current job or, you know, no matter how many different roles you play in things, you always got to make time for what you're passionate about and where your creativity lies. And all of that has to do with time management. Mm. All of it boils down to we have enough time to do what we want to do, especially right now. People are quarantined. We, we have minimal distractions right now. And so I think that um, as long as you manage your time well, you can fit in creative projects. You can fit in, um, you know, growing your mind in a healthy way, whether that's through therapy, whether that's through journaling. You can, um, you know, as long as you just, budget it out, right? All of us have what about 720 hours a month in the beginning of the month, you should look at for these 720 hours, how do I want to spend these hours? And you break it down on paper and you stick to that. And I think my big takeaway and what I want people to get from this is the way for us to uh, make our dreams happen, the way for us to do these big things, the way for us to have these projects and allow them to actually come to fruition is to manage your time well. Mm. You know, um, you're speaking on quarantine. Uh, we've, I've been quarantined as well. And as an educator, we haven't been in school. So the amount of stuff that I've been able to accomplish these last few weeks um, with getting ready to close on our first home, my wife and I, um, I, it wouldn't have been possible without this quarantine. And I know that the quarantine for me has been beneficial, you know, to stay in the house. And like you said, lock in, look at my time and everything. Listen, Lacey, you know what? You know, one thing that I've always appreci appreciated about you is I can tell that your experiences has have cultivated you to every. Your experiences have cultivated you to everything that you talk about in life. You sound so well put together. And I know that if it if not for what you had gone through in your in your life, I don't think that you would have sound as profound as you sound. That time management is key. And nobody on the podcast has ever said that. People have said gems like that, but that is a huge gem. I got to put this. Up that. that was a huge gem. So keep going. Keep going. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Jr. first congrats on uh, to you and your wife for the new home. I think, um, you know, people that are really um, capitalizing on their time during this quarantine, making things happen, you know, signing documents, moving, you know, uh, a lot of people are moving projects that have been sitting still for years forward because now they have the focus and they have the time. So it's beautiful to watch all of that unfold. And um, secondly, thank you uh, just for your compliment. Um, I do think that a lot of my experiences, whether they were negative or positive, have, um, you know, shaped my perspective. So mm. in, whether it's just in casual conversations, whether it's in social circles, at my job, business partners, whatever, I think my conversation and the dialogue that happens does come directly from, um, you know, what I have experienced. And, you know, I don't, I don't share things that I don't, I don't know about. So mm. if someone asks me something and it's over my head, I've never experienced it before. I don't know. I'll say, you know, enlighten me, tell me about that, educate me. I'm not one of those people that will, you know, sort of fake it a little bit or pretend that I know, you know, I speak from my experiences and I try to, I want to help people grow with what I learn. I'm one of those people that if I learn something new, I want to share it, whether mm. that's about stock, whether that's about, um, you know, 
app development, if that's business, if it's love and marriage advice, whatever I learn and I think, man, that was really helpful. I want to share it. I, I put it on my social media. I share it with my friends. I, I think it's important that, you know, um, we don't get too arrogant or proud, you know, and think that we learned everything on our own. Like people helped us get to each step, whether, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, subconsciously, you know, whether tangibly we had help. And I think that that's, that's what I try to do. You know, I try to take my experiences. I try to take what I have going on, teach people along the way and also be humble enough to say, I'm not an expert, but I'm telling you, this is what works for me. And I hope it helps you out. So that's kind of my, my angle. And I get that too. I get that because, and and I knew that this episode was going to be special because, um, and you launching your app, which, which again, we'll talk about in a few and you launching your app. That's the exact same idea I had coming into 2020. I wanted to create an app. And so I feel like, um, I'll learn a lot from you talking about your process and everybody else will learn a lot from me talking about and me talking to you about your process and trying to implement, implement my process as well. You know what I'm saying? So with that, this is where I want to go. This is where I want to go. Um, creativity comes from experiences. And when I say that, um, I remember texting Darren's and again, shout out to my brother. I love him. Uh, he has done so much for me in my career. Um, and at an arm's length, uh, I can't, I can't thank him enough for what he has invested in me. Um, I tell everybody all the time on this podcast, and I think I started doing it on episode number five, that Darren's was the one who sponsored microphones for me initially this microphone that i'm talking through right now he gave to me for free um it was a conversation we had over text and he was just like i was like man he was like when you're ready to when you're ready to really do this let me know and i remember texting him and saying hey i'm ready to glow up and he was like let's meet for lunch and from there i was just anxious and i i hope that he didn't feel that i was bugging him but i was just so anxious to get the equipment and get started because you know, he's always from the beginning, every before I when I first met him, he was always on self-promotion, evolving, um, being a boss. And so uh, when I say creativity comes from experiences, that was the experience that made me uh, dive into this lane right here. Podcasting mobily, podcasting at my own frequency, at my own time when I wanted to. And, it, and I owe it all to him. So when I say creativity comes from experiences. Um, take me back to um, how you started the whole passport journeys thing, because I, like I said, I love the idea. Oh, thank you. I guess first, I just want to, um, before I hop into passport journeys, just you know, acknowledge that recognition um, that you're giving to my husband. You know, Darren loves you. I think both of us have that the spirit of, you know, lift each other up, prop each other up. If we got it, you got it, you know? And so because we're so busy and running around with kids and stuff, you may reach out to us and we get back a couple of days later, but it's we try good. to get back, you know, and we um, definitely, if we have something or we have a contact or we have anything that can help you along your journey, you know, we want to continue to prop you up. So thank you for that. Uh, for Passport Journeys, man, um, the concept of passport journeys and the birth of passport journeys um, came from a, a really dark and deep time for me. So um, in in one year, 2014 to 2015, I lost six close people. So um, family members and close friends, those six people died in my immediate circle um, within 12 months. And wow. so um, the last person to top that off, number six was my mother. Um, and it was a very deep, uh, depression that I'd found myself in during, uh, you know, all of that grief and mourning. And, um, as I was kind of sitting in that and, you know, kind of, uh, trying to recover from, um, so much heartache, the concept came to me that, um, you know, relationships should be worked on and they should be worked on intentionally. And I kind of sat in that thought for a little while and I was like, why does this keep coming up? And then I thought, you know, when my mom first got sick, they diagnosed her in January and told her she had nine months to live. It was stage four. Um, You know, we, we ultimately said, you know what, the doctor doesn't have the final say. We, you know, we stayed faithful. We stayed prayed up. 
we also, and not but, and we started becoming more intentional, um, you know, just in case um, that was, you know, going to come true that she, you know, would pass away that year. It put some urgency under us to do things that we weren't doing before and questions that we wanted to ask and some healing that needed to take place. So in those nine months, we started, you know, just doing activities, picnics in the park and um, you know, road trips. And we just got real intentional about how we spent time together and we wanted to bond and, and we did, you know, and unfortunately the doctor was right. You know, she got diagnosed in January and uh, nine months to the day is when she passed away. And so, um, you know, my, my thoughts for passport journeys was that journey that I had with my mom probably wouldn't have happened if a terminal illness wouldn't, uh, wouldn't have come up, but it shouldn't mm. take that. And so that kind of sat in that for a while is, you know, why did it take something so traumatic, you know, and, and earth shattering to get us to connect that way. Mm. So I thought mothers and daughters need to be connecting and need to be being intentional with their time regardless. Like how can I create some kind of tangible tracker and motivate people to get serious about you know, bonding and their connections and forgiveness. And so Passport Journeys was birthed out of, you know, that pain, but really it was such a beautiful outcome. It became a, uh, at first, a passport book, which was um, a one-year commitment to one activity a month. So I created a book um, and I had 12 pages in there and it had exactly what activity you had to do um, each month. And, um, you know, you get passport stamps in there, or you get stamps with, with the package. And that was the idea. I kind of, I, I, I didn't sit on it too long. As soon as I thought about it and I started putting it on paper, I started looking for companies that would print it, mm-hmm. started looking for the most cost effective way. I said, let me print a hundred, mm-hmm. um, and let me see how that goes. And so I printed those first 100. All I started doing was putting it on my Instagram. I didn't get anything special. I just said, let me just see proof of concept. Is there a target audience out there that wants to draw closer to their moms? And JR, those first 100 went within 30 days. Mm. Um, and so then I, I bought some more. I, I, I increased the uh, photo quality because that first, that first copy that I had, kind of low quality pictures, you know, didn't have a lot of proofing, not a lot of branding. So I said, let me get a little bit better. But I guess the point that I want to call out here is sometimes we sit on projects too long because we want them to be perfect. Mm. And we think, you know, you got to have the best, you know, you got to pay, you know, a couple hundred bucks for someone to come in and brand it and have all these, you know, high quality HDR, all that. To be honest, um, before you sink a whole bunch of money into a project, you need to make sure that there's a target audience. And the only way to test that is, you know, to get it out in the world. You got to have a pilot group. You got to say, how are people going to react to it? Do they like this? That's the first thing you should do with any new project. Before you sink a whole bunch of money into it, just get it out there. Once you see the reaction, when those first 100 went, I said, oh, okay, I got something. I have something here, you know? And that's when you start getting money behind it. And that's when you start. But before that, I think uh, one of the big mistakes people make with a lot of these projects is, um, we're putting too much money into them up front before mm-hmm. we even have a use case, before mm-hmm. we even know uh, who's going to use this, who's going to like it, you know, who am I appealing to? So, um, that's, that's one of my first pieces of advice that I think I, I would like people listening to this to take away. If you're working on a project, try to get um, uh, whatever version you have ready, get that out there and, and just see, what, see how we react. Yeah, you know, and let me interrupt you there because I, I within that within you talking, uh, my mind went a couple of places. You mentioned being intentful. Um, let me ask you: when you're coming up with this idea, how what does intentful mean um, for you specifically when you were creating this? When you say intentful, what does that mean? And inside you, uh, what was your thought process outside of just you know? Um, you know, wanting to get closer with your mom and, and, and wanting to mend that relationship. How did you come up with the, with the idea of, you know what, um, this is where it should go and people will build off of that and take it and then it'll go here. I'm, I'm, I'm curious to find that out because being intentful, that, that, that can, that can go a, a few places. What does intentful mean to you? Yeah. So I think um, one of the buzzwords throughout the Passport Journeys brand is being intentional. 
Mm. Right. And I know that that's a bit of a cliche these days. And people always say, oh, you, you need to be intentional with your work. You they need do. to be intentional. But, you know, to me, I, I'm okay with overusing it because I believe in it that much. I believe that a lot of things that we do, we do kind of like um, out of either habit. We mm. do it because everyone else is doing it. Uh, we do it. I mean, there's a lot of different, you know, motivating factors of why we do what we do. But if there's not intent behind it, if you didn't, if you didn't plan it, if you had no thought behind um, what you were doing, why you wanted to do it, and what the outcome was going to be, then you're not being intentional, right? And so when I thought about that, I thought, okay, what does a perfect relationship with my mom look like? And I do this, I, I do this with people, I do this with projects, I do this with work. Before I can um, articulate my intentions with a person, with a uh, thing, I have to first ask myself, if, if this worked out beautifully, if it worked out perfect, if this was a perfect situation, if it was a perfect project, whatever the case, what does that look like? Right. right? So I'll take my mom, for example, I say, what does a perfect mother-daughter relationship look like to me? And I jot that out. I either draw a picture of it. I either write it down. I say it out loud and record myself recording, you know, saying a perfect relationship is once I, because here's my thing. How can we chase a good thing or how can we chase a perfect end, end result if we don't even know what that looks like? Mm. So for me, getting intentional is a process and there's a method to it. To be intentional, I first have to know what is the best outcome for for what I'm doing? What does that look like? And what will it take to get there? So for my mom and I, if it was full transparency, I didn't think that we were honest with each other a lot of the time. And for me, you know, my perfect relationship looks like, you know, 100% honesty. It's being mm. transparent. And because my mom and I didn't have that, I said, what is it going to take? So I said, you know what, there's some things that I think that we're specifically not honest about. And I wrote those questions down and I went to her and said, you know what, I want to do this honesty activity with you. And I want us to answer these questions together. Mm. Mm. Where, did, where did this retrospectiveness come from? Because, I mean, it's deep. Leslie, Leslie, this is it's it's deep. It's like this is not face value type stuff. Like this is like sitting with yourself alone. Like, uh, did you did you take therapy to get this retrospective or or? How did you get this insight into um, what you were feeling? Um, you know, JR, to be honest, I just started therapy three weeks ago. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I think that process probably would have helped um, earlier. So I'm a huge advocate for, uh, you know, mental health and, you know, making sure that we can clear away some of the junk and the noise in our mind so that we can be creative, so that we can be intentional, so that we can have these awesome ideas. And I think a lot of times our minds are cluttered and we're dealing with our own, um, you know, uh, feelings and childhood and past and hurt and all that. And if we don't work through that, that can block you sometimes. Mm. Fortunately for me, that pain kind of sparked something and I was able to, you know, birth journeys out of it. Um, and therapy wasn't the catalyst. But a lot of times it can be. Um, and so I think for me, um, a lot of the, the insight and the reflection and all of these things come from um, trial and error. Like I said, not waiting for it to be perfect, letting it come out, seeing the way that it started to heal other people's relationships. So um, the physical passport book, um, I started getting, you know, uh, DMs and instant messages and people saying, oh my gosh, you know, I had a picnic with my mom last night and it was amazing. Or I asked her the questions that you suggested and we've never been that honest with each other. Um, things like that. And it's just, um, I think though, you know, the responses that I got from people allowed me to dig deeper. I think, um, you know, the, uh, the reactions that I got from them allowed me to say, oh, you know, that that was beautiful. That was a good thought. Let me play some more on that. So I think it comes from a, a couple of different ways, but uh, therapy is definitely a recommendation of mine, and I'm, I'm going to advocate for that to be a part of anybody's creative process to clear away some of the junk to allow you to flourish. Yeah. I'm looking at your Instagram page. Um, I, I clicked on your website. It says wife, mother, and what actually 
uh, lured me to first contact you in the beginning of our transaction and, and our friendship and, and family ties is the word writer. OK, but what I want to hone in on and, and see if it parallels to the passport journeys is the word that you use traveler. How much are you traveling? See, because it seems it just seems so in sync, like you, you've traveled around the world a lot more than more than maybe I want to say maybe more than a lot of people. I don't know. I don't want to put a percentage on it, but the word traveler and then you use the word passport. How much of that just flowed right into you creating that name passport journeys? Well, you know what? I think um, that's a really great question because the way that we hop into any project and the way that we get these ideas, you know, um, they have to be organic. Mm -hmm. You know, if you have to force yourself to create a title, if you have to force yourself to come up with what's the theme or whatever, you're not ready for that project. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. the first thing I'd have to say because when the Passport Journeys idea came, it did come out of my travels. It did come out of the fact that I had, you know, a full passport where I've been to these 31 countries. And mm. the fact that was a tracker for me, right? So mm. me going to a country, walking into that airport, getting stamped to say, you have been here. There was something deep about that. Like, you know, and the way I just described it, that's the practical steps, right? You go to a country, you get your stamp, you have your passport, it's in your pocket. That's all, you know, the logistics of it. But the the perspective that I brought from that to this project was, okay, that passport brings me a sense of pride. It lets me know where I've been in this world. And it also tracks my journey on this earth. And so mm. I wanted how can we track our journey, you know, and have a tangible tracker to that to our relationship? Where have we been? That's why the destinations are those 12 activities that you'll see within my passports. Um, those 12 activities, I call them destinations. Um, you know, so for example, there's one destination that is called legacy. And that destination, the activity is you build a family tree with your mother or, you know, whoever you're doing the activity with. Um, And so the passport idea did come from my travels. It did come from the fact that I like to track where I've been and Mm. that concept, you know, directly, you know, kind of transferred over to this project of how do you track where you've been in a relationship? How do you track those destinations and how do you put a stamp on it so that you feel good? It feels like, boom, that's complete. That's done. Let's go to the next stop. And that's, that's kind of how it translates over. Mm. Again, I'm looking at your Instagram and this is just a side question. You have three, you're a mother of three kids. Which one of your kids do you believe, um, resembles you in terms of like personality? Um, I, I think that, uh, or is they, it too they soon? all take a little I, I think I, you know what, I think that kids, you start seeing their personality really early. Um, and so of the three, you know, two are biological. Um, my, uh, the third one is my bonus baby. So he's the oldest, he'll be turning eight this week. Mm. Um, and it's funny because even though I didn't give birth to him because he's around me so much, I'll see him pick up things from me. So he's getting into science. He's getting, he asked a lot of questions. And so I think that, um, some of the stuff, you know, some of the questions that he asks is because he knows that I'm into that. So, you know, I think each one of the kids and Cruz, he's my firstborn. Mm. I think he is a super softy. So he takes a lot of his soft, mushy, touchy feely stuff from me. Mm. And then Ziggy, she's the, she's the baby girl. Um, she's a daddy's girl, but Mm. she's spicy. She's sassy. You know, she's, She's tougher than the boys. And so I think, um, you know, uh, a good question, but all three of them take, take little things from me that I, I'm, I'm seeing more of every day. Okay. Okay. Um, um, before we dive into the meat and potato of things, because this next segment that I want to get into after we talk about uh, the music that you're listening to currently, this next segment is really going, is really where, when I saw this on your Instagram, this is when I knew I said, you know what? This is what I need to be getting information on. So uh, what songs on your mind right now? And the reason why I ask that is I believe that in this creation process, people use music to motivate them um, 
to the points that not having music gets you to like you find that influence in what you're listening to what do you listen what uh what songs on your mind right now um i think uh smash into you by beyonce Mm. um it's a really good background song um in terms of like you know while you're working or just kind of it's a song that you can put on at the house and um you know the the musical will let you flow through your day mm. and um that song i think because of everything going on and me literally just smashing into each of these projects and taking everything head on you know being a mom being being a creative being a career woman all of this just you know it just kind of crashes into me and i kind of take it on as i can but that song, there's something beautiful about that song playing in the background and allowing me to, um, you know, get things done and be reminded of uh, how we collide in this world. Um, this is pretty motivational. And you know what? I, my The song that's on my mind, I don't have that type of uh, response in terms of how intricate and what it, what it what it has to do with why we're doing this episode today. But, uh, you know, the greatest rapper alive to me is Nas Jones. And um, I was listening to um, Street Disciple uh, the other day. I think that's the album name. Anyway, um, the track These Are Our Heroes is what's playing in my mind right now. That's the song that's on my mind right now, simply because um, I think that the heroes that we look up to, um, we should really be looking up to different heroes, right? The people that are more tangible to our journeys. And... um, just your transparency, you know, it, it takes a lot to be vulnerable. I, I, and the reason why I say that is I think the other day I was just planning and thinking about my next couple of steps. And, you know, I looked up at the picture of my son on the fridge and I bust into tears. Right. And, but you got to use that type of emotion to uh, to push yourself to the points that you don't that you wouldn't have normally. So I think that um, heroes come in different forms and I would I would consider you a hero to um the up and coming generation of females that are going to need outlets to be able to articulate themselves correctly. So that's the song that's on my mind. These are our heroes. Yeah, that, that's good. And, uh, you know, I, I just appreciate the way that you're able to acknowledge and, and just recognize not just me, but other people that come onto this podcast, which you're really good about doing is, um, you know, Jr. you're not the kind of person who, um, you know, likes something about somebody or appreciates or respects it, and you don't say it. Mm. You say it, you point out the things for, from everybody who comes on your podcast. Um, you do it in a way that is mad respectful. You do it in a way that, um, it, you know, is a lot of humility, you know, and it's a lot of um, grace with the way that you recognize your guests and the way that you recognize those that are in your life. And, uh, the things that you admire, the things that inspire you, the things that you really, you know, dig about people. It's like you call that out. And, um, you know, I, I just I just wanted to take a second there to just say, I think that's pretty great. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I just think that people don't hear it enough that, um, you know, what, what you're doing, I see it. Um, you motivate me. Um, I don't think that people take the time to say, you know what, thank you. Because literally, I mean, you know, uh, to go from spending money that you have to scrap up to somebody seeing something in you and saying, listen, if you want to move forward, I got you, but you got to be ready to think outside the box. And, you know, I, for me, I wouldn't be who I am without acknowledging the people that have helped me out. You know what I'm saying? Like you, like I said, and I will go down saying this, you were the first person who said, you know what, what is your time worth? And that resonates with me. I sit with it and I'm, I'm like, man, you know what? Maybe I'm not ready to charge this. Maybe I'm not ready to charge this. And even when I was just looking for the opportunity to, I was hungry. I'm looking for the opportunity to be like, you know what? I've reached out to her. She's, she's, she's talked to me. She's uh, said, let's work. And now I'm thinking, okay, okay. Um, whatever opportunity she gives me, I'm going to take it head on. And you come out of the blue and you're just like, Hey, what is your time worth? And I'm just like, wow, I mean, you know, and so that spiraled into me being able to say, hey, you know, I've produced some things and, you know, that's all I'm looking for. But it's people like you, heroes like you that um, that give people opportunities. You know what I'm saying? You know, opportunities are hard to come by. And uh, if you don't have the right person in your corner, you won't get them. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have to have people that believe in you. You have to have people that are going to take a chance. 
you know? Mm. And I think, you know, just one important thing that I want to point out with that is, you know, you don't have to, to jump at every opportunity because mm-hmm. if you feel that somebody is either a not valuing your time or, um, they are, uh, it seems like what they're trying to get out of it is, is more or not aligned with your values. There's a lot of reasons to back out of an opportunity mm. when one comes along, I think making sure that you're discerning, like, is this right for me? Is this person like, or is this a good person? And you make sure that no matter how hungry we are with this, these projects, that you stay aligned with who you are, you stay aligned with your values, you know, and I think that as long as you do what you're doing, and I think the people that you bring on, the people I listen to you talk to and all that, I think that you already have it figured out. You have that secret sauce for finding, you know, <laughs> life-minded people. You have that, you know how to go find them and, and, and get them around you yeah. and build them up and, yeah. and all that. And I think, you know, I applaud you for that. You just got to be careful. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. So listen, um, uh, I think it's, I think this next part is key. Um, so I'm, again, I'm perusing your Instagram, right. And, uh, one, because you're a family woman two because you're a wife, um, you know, gotta be respectful on, on, on the times that you reach out. But, um, I see that you create this app and I'm thinking to myself, wow, this is the first person outside of myself. And I, and I could be mistaken that I'm thinking this is the first person who's actually doing what I wanted to do with a portion of my company. And I'm curious to find out that process with you. How was that process for you? And why did you start it? Yeah. So, um, you know, going back to the passport, you know, uh, JR, after that first 100 of those physical copies, you know, uh, after they sold and, and I'm like, I'm embarrassed to even look at the quality now, but like I said, you can't get hung up on that. You just got to get it out there. Uh, and I printed that new batch up and then I sold 300 more, you know, mm. the physical. And I said, okay, that really let me know. Okay. People are hungry for activities to do together, to be able to bond with their moms. And, you know, people are really struggling with their relationships. How can I make this scalable? Right. Because it's not sustainable for me running to the post office every day. You know, I have like, I have kids, I have a full-time career. I have a husband, a grandma that lives here. So, you know, when you're trying to think of these ideas, you got to think, how do I save time? Right. Mm. So I'm really big at, okay, my 720 hours for this month, how am I going to spend them? And when I started looking at the number of hours that I was spending, packaging up these physical passports, you know, putting the stickers in there, writing out the letters, going to the post office. I wasn't happy with how much of that 720 hours was being eaten up by that. I said, I got to be more efficient and this has got to be scalable so I can get it to more people. Mm. So, you know, in, in the time that we're in, the first thing that has to come to mind is how can technology prop me up in this process so that I can, you know, spread this concept. I can, you know, get this to more people. And so looking at technology, I thought, okay, a website, I don't think that's the way because just sending people a link, maybe they'll click on it. Maybe they won't. Mm. We know that when you, when you start looking at research and how much time people spend on their phone and now that they have like that screen time data at our fingertips, it's, I knew that's where, that's what I had to be. I had to be on people's screen. I had mm. to on their phone. I had to have my concept available for them to click on and get the information, yeah. click on and get the benefit. That's what people want right now. Um, so that, that, that's the thought process. When I got there, I thought, okay, <laughs> how do I find someone who's going to create an app for me? Mm. Um, how can I get this physical passport book into an electronic version. So then I started researching app development. Did I want to learn how to do it on my own? Did Mm. I want to learn the code and do all that? Did I want to go through Fiverr and just find me an outsourced company? Mm. How involved did I want to be with the process? Or, you know, um, did I want to make sure it was a black owned company? There were a lot of things that, you know, kind of came to my mind when I was looking for um, app development companies. And then like what I typically do um, is I'll put, a little bit of information enough that I can get somebody to bite on it on my social media, on my Insta story. Somebody, I'll say, you know, I got this idea. Let me just see. And then when someone bites on it Mm. and they say, Oh, I know a guy or I, whatever, that's what I like because Mm. then I'm connecting with my network. I'm putting money back in the pockets of people that I, 
I directly interact with or that my network directly interacts with. So I did that. I put, you know, I have an idea for a really incredible app. Um, if you know somebody, let me know. And I put that on my Instagram story. And I got a couple of people back. But the girl who the girl who came with the most passion was like, oh, my gosh, I know this company, you know, and I respected her. I valued her opinion. She gave me that referral. We sent an email two days later, and within two weeks, I had an app contract in my inbox. Mm. So, you know, I think people underestimate, um, you know, how social media can work that way. Yeah. Um, because a lot of times, if we if we post our ideas, we're number one, we're afraid that they're going to get shut down. Number two, we don't want to share them too early. Um, you know, and so I think we have different ideas about it, but that's how I got my referral for the app company. And once I talked to them and told them the idea, they were like, yep, that's it. You, you definitely have something here. So they started working and it took us 14 months just to get the first version uh, ready. And I had, I didn't have my fingers on it. I couldn't touch it or play with it um, until 14 months into the process. So um, it wasn't quick. <laughs> mm. Man, because uh, I um, went on the app store and I was looking for it the other day because I wanted to buy it, whatever it was, I was going to buy it. And and that's why I called you last night and I was like, hey, or I called you yesterday. I was like, hey, is it out? And, and when you said that, I said, OK, OK, it's it's still being worked and it's still it's still on. The, it's on the way. But I wanted to buy it quickly as soon as I saw it on your Instagram page. Uh, I appreciate that. Let me just tell you the pro the process. So, oh, yeah, 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 um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. When, when you called, and the reason it wasn't available is because it's in beta test mode. Mm. And the cool thing about uh, beta testing is that you can make it available on the Apple App Store, but you can control who can download it, right? So, mm. I have to actually send you a link, and then there's an Apple test flight. Uh, app that you have to download. If you want to beta test any app, you have to have this test flight. And that's the name of the app on, on the Apple store. And when you have that, you're able to see apps that other people can't see. And that's mm. the ones that are in development mode. Um, and the beautiful thing about test flight, Apple has it figured out, man. When you finally submit your app to them and they accept it and they say, okay, you know what looks good, you're ready for beta testing, they open it up for you in this in this way that you can receive feedback on your app directly through that test flight. So mm. um, our, my testing ended yesterday. So uh, now what I'm going to do is all the feedback that we receive from my beta testers, I'm going to go back to the table or back to the Zoom, <laughs> Zoom meeting mm. <laughs> during this pandemic with the app company and say, okay, let's sort through this feedback. And we're going to label it. Is it a critical defect? Is it just an enhancement request? Like, it would be nice to have this. Is it just a color thing? Whatever. We're going to go through and label those. And then those that are critical, they'll fix for me. Those mm -hmm. that are color enhancements, like, it would be nice if it did this, all that. They're going to write another contract. And they're going to say, okay, if you pay us X, X number, <laughs> you know, we'll fix those things. If you're okay and you can live with it, let's launch tomorrow. Mm. And I have to make that decision. So that's the that's the point where that's the point in the process. That's where I am. We just wrapped up beta testing. We're about to look at the bugs and decide: do we launch now, or do I need to make it better? Um, but what questions do you have about how I got to this point? Well, um, okay. So you're creating. So you find the girl. The girl writes that. You said that you wanted you wanted to know if you were hands on. How hands on have you been in terms of the development of it? Because Again, you mentioned something. You said Fiverr. When Darren's told me about Fiverr, I I put everything in it. Fiverr made my new website. They they helped me build my website and everything. I was working on an app, but he the guy that I was dealing with couldn't do apps for uh, iOS software. So he said that he would make my Android app for free and that I would have to pay some money for the uh, iPhone app. But then that situation fell through. So I'm, I'm wondering, what did it look like when you actually started to um, make that first initial, all right, this is what it's going to look like, the design process, and how hands-on were you with it? Yeah, so I think the first thing is, I, you know, I'm going to recommend that any app development, you know, company that you go with or app developer, mm -hmm. um, you always 
want to have somebody that knows how to launch your app in iOS and Android mm. so that number one, you don't have to go through two developers. And number two, just so you're managing everything through one single company or one single person. Um, so when I, when I, that was one of the first questions I had when I was interviewing um, who I'm using now was, do you guys know how to develop and um, upload my app into both stores? Um, and they said, yes. I was like, okay, that's a plus. They know how to do it. Um, I won't have to go to anybody else. Okay. And so um, the design process, that's probably where my biggest lesson learned lies. And if I could go back and do it all over again, I would mm -hmm. because it would have saved time. So yeah. when you have an idea for an app, there's two things you need to be thinking about. It's the design and the branding of your screen, okay. which that's, pre that's pretty easy, right? That's when I click, what do I want the user to see? Okay. That's branding. That's the colors you want to use. That's what does this actual screen look like? And there's templates for that. There's templates for what size it needs to be, you know, what pixels, all that. So that's not the hard part. It's the user flow. It's the, um, it's the experience um, and making sure that it's intuitive, right? Because you don't want an app where people don't know what to click on next. They don't know how to navigate. And so you need to be thinking about both of those things. In my process, I had um, a girl branding for me, and she's a great, um, you know, she has a lot of skills with um, Canva and all these different infographics and all that but she had never developed an app before. So while her designs were beautiful, she didn't have the experience of, okay, how do I make sure these uh, screens are aligned in a way so the user, the, the user flow will be intuitive, it'll be right, all that. So we struggled for the first few months mm -hmm. just trying to um, research and understand UX and all of that. And so I think, that was one of my biggest lessons learned is, is um, before you get started, either have someone who knows how to do user design and who has that in their mind that you need to be thinking about this the entire way through. If not, you're going to have a lot of points in the process where you have to go back and, and rework screens and uh, you may waste a lot of time. So thinking about user flow at the same time as you're designing the screens is the most important. Wow, Lacey, um, you're you're uh, an abundance of knowledge. <laughs> I mean, it's not even close. You are, <laughs> you are an abundance of knowledge, man. And you know, uh, I want to give people a taste, just a taste, because the rest I want to say for myself. People should get to know you first. They need to follow you. They need to build a relationship before you can give them all the gems. Because I think that some of the stuff that you're saying needs to be you, people need to pay for. We're just giving people free education right now. And I want to, I want to, you know, this is where I want to go with it. Um, if you had to define, your, define yourself with one word, what would that word be? Mm, one word, light. What would it say again? Light. Spell it. L-I-G-H-T, light. Light. Sunlight, moonlight. Light. Yeah, light. Okay, yeah, light. Light, that's, that's, that's good, that's good. Um, today is uh, April the 18th, 2020, and we have 257 days left in the 2020 year. What do you hope to attain in 257 days? Well, Here's the thing. I, I'm going to have to spin that question just a little bit just because I don't manage my time or my goals in days. And yeah. so um, yeah. I manage, I think about it in hours. Yeah. And, um, you know, so in the next, especially with the quarantine, I don't like to get too overwhelmed with what am I going to do the rest of the year because there's a lot of unknowns. So the way that I keep myself productive and the way that I'm able to close a lot of things and move them off my plate is I just look at the 720 hours in front of me. So mm. in the next month, mm. if I was to accomplish everything that I want to, what does that look like? What, what does a successful 720 hours look like? So that's kind of, that's me. It's hard for me to say what I'm going to have done in December, but what I want to have done in these next 720 hours, which means I look up in a month and I say, you know what, it was a pretty good month. 
um, what that looks like is um, it's a balance. It's a it's a really well um, you know balanced month of um, you know. Uh, career work, mm-hmm. 40 hours a week. I work for a psych hospital. Mm-hmm. I want to give them everything I have. So mm-hmm. just because I have these side projects and all that going on, my, you know, what pays the bills mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> and what, yeah. you know, yeah. is my livelihood is my career. And so a successful month for that job is that for 40 hours a week, I gave that job everything I had. Mm-hmm. I gave it my expertise. I gave it my knowledge. I led my staff the right way. So I break it down in hours and I break it down by my role. So mm-hmm. what does, you know, what does a successful month at work look like? What does a successful month at passport journeys look like for me? The next 720 hours, I need to have the uh, app launched on iOS mm-hmm. and, um, you know, able to be downloaded by mothers and daughters. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just in the next month, if I get 10 downloads, that would be successful for me. I don't okay. want a lot. I want it to be, uh, a small group. So just speaking directly about the project launched in iOS and 10 downloads, that'll be a successful month. No doubt. No doubt. Break down that 720 hours. It's 24 hours in a day. You multiply that by what? Of course, with 720 divided by 24. So this is what I typically do. I say, um, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. Yeah. How many days a week? So it's not 720 every month. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, okay. some of them will have about 700. Okay. So let's see, you have what? You got your calculator out? Um, seven tw- Okay, so seven. <laughs> so 24 times seven days a week. So seven times, seven times 20 is 140, and four times seven is 28. So that's 148 in, in a week. Well, I do, I say if there's 30 days in the month, okay. you do 30 times 24. There's 24 hours, you get 720. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So it varies. Yeah, it, 30, it, yeah, it yeah. Varies. It varies per month, but it's how many hours do you have in the month? I mean, how many days are in the month? Okay. Multiply that by 24. Okay. Then you got to take away the constant stuff, Jr. So you got. So I look at 720 hours. I take away how many hours do I sleep at night? Mm. So I, you have to subtract all that up front, right? So you subtract 160 for sleep. You subtract how much do you subtract for your commute, how much you subtract for eating, you know, all those things that you have to do, the basic necessities of life, you subtract those. Mm. You'll probably, most people, after they subtract all the constant things and the have to things, you'll have about 300 to 400 hours to play with that are available. And then you start putting them in buckets. Mm. Of those hours, how many do I want to spend on exercise this month? Mm. So, okay, boom, I want to do... 30 minutes a day or I want to do an hour a day, a successful month would be if I worked out for 20 hours this month, mm. you know, and so you create your buckets and you, for those 720 hours, divide them up. Most of the time I have about 13 buckets where I put my time into at the end of the month. What that allows you to do is you look back at how much time you spent doing like, for example, I have a social media bucket. If I said I was only going to spend 20 hours on social media, but then I look at my phone and my screen time tells me that I spent 45, mm. I need to correct some things for the next month to be more productive. And you, so do, you do this monthly? Of, I do this monthly. Yeah, I okay. just started in January. Um, you know what it allows me to do? And JR, you'll appreciate this because you're married. A lot of fights that I have with my husband, I wouldn't know what they were about, right? Mm. So I would go to him crying. I don't feel balanced. You know, I feel unbalanced. I don't know what's wrong with me. And and we would fight or I would say, you know, I haven't been doing uh, anything for me lately or whatever, but I didn't have any data. I didn't have anything to back these arguments or anything to show him. So he would be lost and confused. I don't know what you need me to do. How can I help you? Now what it allows me to do is, for example, in January, January 1st, I sat down and I told Darren, you know what, a perfect month for me socially would be that I spent at least 10 hours with my girlfriend. Mm, okay. Mm, mm. So he said, all right. So February 1st, when we sat down, we looked at my paper and I had only spent five, mm. right? I went to a brunch, I had did whatever. And so he said, oh, you didn't spend enough time with your girls this month. Next month, you know, try to at least, you know, uh, go see a movie or try to do this. It allows our conversation about balance for each other 
it allows us, it allows it to be less emotional, right? Yeah. So no longer is it, hey, I don't know what's wrong with me. He's like, I know what's wrong with you. You said you were going to spend, you know, 20 hours exercising. You said you, said you were going to spend 15 on self-care, massages, baths, whatever, and you only spent four. Mm. You're out of whack because you didn't do anything for yourself. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. You know, so it's just, yeah, time management, man. Time management. You got to know where your time is going. Mm. You got to know where you want it to go and how you're actually spending it. Then you can correct. Then you can self-correct each month. Yeah. Lacey, you're, um, wow. I don't know if, if I ever spoke to you like this when we were in college, but you are a beacon. <laughs> <laughs> you are a beacon of light. And I think that word that you use to describe yourself is key. I think it's key. Um, you know, like I said, um, I believe this point in your career, like every time you speak, you should be, be you should be, you should be paid. So I don't want to give people more than they can chew. Um, most importantly, the last question I'll ask is, what's next for you? And I know you probably have to break that down in in hours, too. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think um, there's, a, there's a lot of things on deck for me. Um, there's a lot of things that I'm looking at and, and that I, you know, um, go through and discuss with my husband. What can we put on our plate and what do we have time for and what we don't have time for, I think. Um, what's next for me is going to be, um, you know, getting this launch, you know, getting this app launched, getting, um, you know, some successful downloads, and then it's going to be, um, creating more journeys within that app. So I'm launching it with the mother daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's just for mother daughter pairs, they pair their app, um, and then they go on their journey for 12 months. Um, I also have a physical book for lovers. So mm. I need to get the lover version added to the app. We developed it in a way that I would just be able to snap on additional relationships. So the idea is that, you know, um, I'll look up in a couple of years and the app will have a mother daughter section, a lover section, a solo journey section, mm. one for friends. You know, it'll have all these different relationships. So when people come to my app, it's, what relationship are you here to fix? Mm. <laughs> what relationship do you want to work on in your life? And you just select it. It'll be like a buffet. Mm. And so what's next for me is to, uh, to develop those out and get them live and start helping people um, heal their relationships in this world. Wow. Wow. And you know what I, you know, that, that would have been something that I should have asked you earlier, but because of the, you know, I, I okay. That's something that I'm going to text you personally about. Um, so at this point in the podcast, what I like to do is I like to give out, um, a token of my appreciation for you taking time to be on my podcast. It's in the form of a t-shirt. I'm going to, I'm going to, like I did with the, uh, like I did with the, um, like I did with the, the drive, I'm going to come by and I'm going to drop it off so that we can maintain the social distancing, man. But I really appreciate you when we get off the horn, when we get off the horn, I will, um, text you and ask you your t-shirt size. I'll make that and I'll bring it to the okay. crib. That sounds good, JR. Do you, appreciate it. I enjoyed your time today. No doubt. Do you have anything else for us? Anything that you can impart on us? Um, I, th- I think the only thing I just want to leave with is, you know, be gentle with yourself during this quarantine time. Understand mm. that, um, you know, it doesn't look the same for everybody. And so, you know, while you know you hear me on here talking a lot about time management if you know if right now you're not mentally able to move through this quarantine with super productive thoughts mm. that's completely fine your time management needs to look like you know your 720 hours for this next you know bout of uh covid and the quarantine and stuff 300 of those need to be just uh, taking a walk in the neighborhood and stuff like that. So I guess the only thing I want to leave you with is, um, you know, productivity looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think um, it's, you know, be gentle with yourself and figure out what you need during this time. Wow. Houston, Texas. Um, today is Saturday, April the 18th, 2020. It's a beautiful morning. I know that I saw I started I started off uh, Lacey with my Barry White voice. I tried to be all sexy in the morning time. But Houston, Texas, man, I do what I do for myself. 
to prove that I can do it for others. Lacey, say bye. Bye. Peace and blessings. Yo, I feel like 95, Sachi on my body, Biggie, Jigga, Puffy, all that ballin' is a hobby, and I'm wildin' in my wallies, and them valleys, no Pilates, more way get you more wet, now that's these Bumanti, my crystal ball, I see crystal, I crystal y'all with that, I saw the sign like Ace Space, that Ace of Space get cracked, we like, cheers to the money guy, the Willie nigga, who buy them bottles, and then they spill these liquors, yo, yo, salute my dude. I see you, dog. Five bottles, one dick. Why I need some rubs? I know I'm out of line. But love is shower time. You know it rose rain when your cloud is nine. Get off that high ass hussy. This a private party. Been on my dick too long. Your breath on private party. You gon' be nice and naughty. These walls on prices already. This the upper crust. Fuck us up. Over and over, 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 over